Hello and welcome to another episode of LFC Reactions Um, There's not really a post-match reaction Because the Premier League season is about to commence this weekend It's more of a reflection of our summer transfer window And a season review of Liverpool's expectations for the upcoming season so I'm going to break this down into little subsections I think I'm going to talk about the transfer window yeah I will talk about the transfer window first and then afterwards um, I will discuss our Premier uh, not uh, the season review for this season right so the transfer window has officially closed um it's a weird it's a weird summer window in general. Not talking about us, but like in general, for the first time ever, it's closed on August the ninth. Usually um we are all used to the summer window closing um in the last week of August or first week of September. Um that hasn't happened. Premier League clubs um, EFL clubs all came together and agreed that the deadline should be on August 9th. What they stupidly didn't think about was that other leagues around the world are not following suit. So, it's a bit of a contradictory one there. Um, and also, we are in a World Cup year, so... For Premier League clubs, it makes negotiating difficult because you have less than three weeks after the World Cup to get any signings you want. And it's pretty hard to do that when after a World Cup year, players go on holiday for a couple of weeks and then come back in like the last week of July, first week of August. Um, Yeah. I mean, our general transfer business, it was done relatively early. So, remember, the week after the Champions League final, we went out and signed Fabinho. That was our first signing. It was a surprise signing and it was done relatively quickly. Um, We obviously had Cater deal done from last season for him to come this year. So, that one was sorted. Um... And then our next signing was Shakiri, which was pretty much a a bargain because Stoke had been relegated to the championship and we all know Shakiri had never had any intentions of um staying in the championship and he's a top quality player. He should have never played for Stoke really, he always belonged at a top club. And now we got him, hopefully we utilise him. And our last signing arguably the most important signing and it could be a defining signing for how the season goes um Allison a goalkeeper that is world class and for it was then a record transfer fee but that was broken by um Chelsea's new signing I forgot the name he came from Athletic Bilbao after Courtois decided he doesn't want any part of any part of um, Chelsea. So, yeah. And obviously, oh, yeah, and finally, 
the feck hair drama. So, in terms of goalkeeping position, I think that was the number one priority, really. Get that out of the way. We can't have this any stupidity with trying out prospect keepers when the rest of the top six have established goalkeepers already in their sides. It was important to get the Allison deal done. I'm very happy about that. Um, Fabinho, we were always crying for a DM, for a, a, a proper number six that knows how to keep our fluidity ticking keeps that keeps the flow going not this passing backwards to our back line whenever we're playing a low block side fluidity will be the key and Fabinho can provide that and he's also got the size and stature to handle the physicality of the Premier League um and you've got Shakiri, who's quite short but he's stocky and he, he's got Premier League experience and we know what he can do Playing for a side that ended up relegated, he held his own quite well. So in difficult circumstances, I ain't got a problem with that. And Cater, who is going to be a gem for us. We all know what he'd done with Leipzig the season last and the season before that. What his potential is, is quite insane. Um, yeah, and then finally, it's just the, the Fakir situation that we didn't get over the line. We were in for him. We had a medical in place for Fekir. It's still hard to imagine that we had a Fekir in a Liverpool top. He was basically in Liverpool colours. During his medical. And a dodgy knee meant he failed his medical. We tried to restruct... Well... It's either we try to restructure a plan or Klopp decided he's going to wait until January. Which he might do. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on. No one signed for care. He's decided to stay at least. Well, he's not decided to stay. He's ended up staying. And I think that's where our potential downfall for the season could happen. We have been crying out for Coutinho replacement since January. Fair enough, in the second half of last season, we held our own. The front three and stepped up their performances. But when it came down to the Champions League final and Salah got injured, there was no other threat. If we had our Coutinho replacement or, or if we just kept Coutinho until the summer, that final would have been different. I mean, I know Karius made the disgusting errors that cost us a sixth European trophy, but um, in the terms of attacking, that could have made the difference. And we are now also aware that Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is out for another season. He's going to need about another nine months to recover again. So on that basis... We should have definitely at least try and get a creative midfielder to help support the front three. This is where a downfall could happen, as I'm going to discuss later in the season review. Um, I know we have Daniel Sturridge, who has just come back from his loan spell at West Brom. We all know his injury history. He's had niggling problems for about f- seven years now. 
but pre-season he's really impressed I don't know maybe he's changed his diet maybe uh, he's realised he's on his last year contract with Liverpool so he needs to play for something now um, yeah he's still got it we've seen he, he's naturally gifted that guy so I believe we need to keep him and we need to manage we need to see how many games he can play game management will be key for sure um and yeah it'll be a good backup to our front three um in terms of outgoings i think danny ings is supposedly going on loan to southampton i never get these um I don't know why Jurgen Klopp likes sending players on loan all the time so much. Why not just sell them? We know if you know if they're on loan, it means to Jurgen Klopp's eyes, they're not good enough to play for Liverpool. It's facts. They're not good enough. Um, we expected Origi to go, but um, he's still here. However, because the Euro- in other European leagues, the transfer window still open. Maybe someone goes for him. I'm not too sure. Um, and yeah, Mignolet and Carius are still at the football club. So, in terms of a number two and number three, if they're not going, I guess it looks good for us. If they decide they want to stay, personally, I think Carius needs to leave. But I'd keep Mignolet for number two position. But I don't know if he wants to relegate himself to be a number two player. Um, Yeah, so out of ten, I'd say our transfer window is probably about an eight. Don't get me wrong, I feel positive. It's much much better than last season. I don't want to complain too much. But um, it always feels like... We are one or two signings away from something special. Like, it's going to be sad knowing that we didn't get Fakir. And arguably, I would have got another centre-back. Because our our centre-backs have too much of an injury crisis. Gomez is suspectable. Matip is suspectable. Even Lovren is suspectable. Clavelands too old. And Van Dijk cannot play 60 games. I mean, don't he doesn't have injury problems, but it's just that if he's playing every game, something happens to him. If one injury to Van Dijk could be a catastrophe, I don't want that. So, that's the only thing holding us back. Now, I'm going to talk about um, our rivals and what they have done in the transfer window. Discussing Manchester City, they didn't really tweak too much to their game. Um, they bought Mares for sixty million. Will he start for Manchester City? Probably not. But the fact they can spend sixty million for a bench player shows how much squad depth they've had. They're bringing up some academy players as well. That Phil Foden guy who won the under twenty World Cup for England, he looks like a decent prospect. Um. Yeah, they just need to. They just had to make small tweaks, and it's understandable that they're favourites to win the Premier League again because last season they won it by December. Really, they were like twenty five points clear in December, so they are favourites for the title. Um. Next, Tottenham. 
No, I talk about Manchester United because they were second. They signed Fred, and that's about it. Signed a guy called Fred. Um, Mourinho wanted a centre back. He wanted Maguire. He didn't get him. He wanted Alderweireld. He didn't get him. Even today, wanted Goldine. Didn't get him. <laughs> so, from a Liverpool's perspective, Manchester United are in trouble. And Mourinho football looks like it's on the downfall. And we know how Mourinho third syndrome comes into play. He doesn't survive more than three seasons. I think this is the season where Man United completely capitulate. And and it sees Manchester United end up maybe out of top four, really. It doesn't look that good at all. Their football's uninspiring. The gay is the only reason why they managed to secure that fluky 1-0, 2-1 win. Doesn't look good for them. And next, um, Spurs. For the first time since 2003, they are a Premier League club that have signed no one. Nobody. It's a surprise to some, but it's not a surprise to me. Let me tell you why. They are trying to build a new stadium, which will be completed... By next month, I believe. Do you know how much it costs to build a stadium? A lot of money. So will there be a transfer budget to buy players? Definitely not. Look what happened 11 years ago when Arsenal moved to the Emirates Stadium. That stadium cost a lot of money. Could Arsenal buy players? No. They had to sell to buy. That's the, That was their position. And that's why they didn't win a trophy from 2005 till 2014. Because they were... In a period of transition all the time, season in, season out. And we could see that happening with Spurs. Um, They got Harry Kane who will score goals. I think he will be the reason why they just about make top four. If they don't, it's because they haven't made any signings to improve the first 11. Um, Chelsea. They have got... um, Thibaut Courtois wanted to leave. He got his way. Eventually went to Real Madrid. Um, Chelsea replaced him with a keeper from Atletico Bilbao called Kepa, I think. And then he broke our original Allison transfer record for um, 71 million, I believe. So I'm glad Chelsea have done that because it puts pressure off Alisson being the most expensive goalkeeper. There's no pressure on him anymore. He can just go about his business. That's fantastic. They also got Kovacic on loan from Real Madrid with no option to buy a deal. So I believe Chelsea got the short end of the stick. They, re- they didn't really get anything, you know? Um, what else? Arsenal... They signed Jay Leno from Leverkusen, Socrates from Dortmund, some midfielder, I don't know. I still feel like they probably needed a centre-back, probably. Their defence still looks suspectable to me. I don't know, and they got a new manager, I don't know how they're going to fare, fare well with doing this season. So in terms of the top six... I think we done the best transfer business. Second, probably Chelsea. Third, I'll give it to Arsenal. Fourth, Tottenham. No, fourth, Man City for Mahrez. Fifth, Tottenham. 
No, fifth Man United and sixth Tottenham because they signed no one. Right, so now transfer windows. Now I've discussed the transfer window out of the way. I want to talk about the upcoming Premier League season. What is the expectation this season? Because last season, let's admit it was there was no let's win a trophy expectation. It was just let's just make top four, have a cup run and see what happens. And we did that. We made top four, thankfully. Whilst um juggling that with a European Champions League run getting to the final unfortunately didn't win it and it left us trophyless now we've done the business we've spent 178 million pounds um there's now expectancy not just um I'm seeing from fans saying we have to at least title challenge and I am inclined to agree with them because we've now gone six years without a trophy. I don't want it to be seven. The only way we end that cup, the only way we end that run is by competing. So let's discuss Premier League. Will we be title contenders? We could be. I'm not going to say we should be, but we could be. Could be because it's a long season. We're in four competitions again, obviously. Um, and it depends on how Manchester City do, to be honest. Because last season, Manchester City blew everyone away. To win the league by December is not a joke. I don't want that to happen again this season. If we want to be title contenders, we are going to need Manchester City to drop points. This means teams outside the top six, the mid-table, lower league sides, we kind of need them to outthink tactically Manchester City and Pep Guardiola, which is going to be very difficult to do. But if they find a way to get Manchester City to drop at least... Maybe 15 points from what their tally was last season. They got 100 points last season. 15 to 20 points. Then maybe we are ha- we can have that discussion again. We can we can see where we are. If they drop points and we sustain our home form, our home league form. Last season we were unbeaten at home in the league all season. We were the only Premier League to do only Premier League side to do that. Um, we just got to do it again. Do it again. Um, we had a lot of draws last season. I think we had 10 draws, if I remember correctly. Those draws have to turn into wins. Have to. And and then, and it was again against a few mid-table lower league sides. And this is where I believe the lack of the no-fair-care signing, no-Chamberlain replacement could affect us in the long run. Because them teams that play low block... How do you break them down? You need a creative midfielder to do it. Maybe will Cater be able to do it? I don't know. He's got the potential, but he's not a creative midfielder. He's a box-to-box person, you know? Um, Also, Shaqiri. Shaqiri, I don't know. He'll probably be a bench player, but he might come off. And again, it depends defensively how if Van Dijk is if Van Dijk stays fit all season, I have no worries to our back line. But
but he's going to need to rest in some games, which is where we need Lovren to step up, Gomez to step up, Matic to step up. We can't have these niggling injury problems. Our backline are going to have to improve another level and support Allison because it will be his debut season in the Premier League. We can't make him look like he's susceptible to mistakes. Because it will, then it will look bad on us and then there's pressure on him and then there's the whole pundits talking about um, goalkeeping price, goalkeeping um, crisis again. So in terms of the Premier League, we need to at least be title contenders. But I don't think we'll win it. I think Manchester City will win it again because their squad depth in attacking options is unreal. Let's not lie. It's unreal. Um, yeah, so that's that. Now, Champions League. We got to the final last year. What is the expectation this year? Last season, it was our first time in the Champions League in about... Three years, four years. And there was no expectation. Just enjoy it, have a... See how far it takes you. It took us to the final. It really did. Some people say, "Oh, your group was your group was fortunate, and your knockout who the your positions the opposition who you got along the month on the way there were fortunate as well." So we weren't put free. We could have got a group of deaths. We could have got group of death, but we didn't, and we got to the final, and that was and that was a team with no Champions League experience, but that Anfield crowd has Champions League experience. We know about European atmosphere. So, I think my expectation this season is I want to be in the final again. And we can do it. This is... this is Champions League is basically knockout football. It's end-to-end. You are not allowed to park the bus in Champions League because you need points and results or you're out. You can't hold firm in a league where you've got 38 games to manage this and that. That's why we got to the final because we played the kind of football that is suited for Champions League football and the minimum expectation should be the final again. Alright, so next one, FA Cup. Um, Last season we only got to the fourth round, we lost at home to West Brom. Where will, What will we do this season? Well, the FA Cup, we need a proper cup run. So that the minimum there we can't I can't I don't really want to see us rest players. I don't even care if it's against a League Two team. I we just need to make sure we go through and fucking get to the at least semi finals, final if not win the trophy. Those are the two trophies we just need to make sure we win to just get that stupid trophy drought nonsense out the way. The same with um the Capital One Cup, Carabao Cup, whatever you want to call it. Sponsors always change. We need to make sure we get to the final. Last time we were knocked out at the first hurdle to Leicester. I don't want that happening again. And yeah, so and that's us. And that's me. How my thought process in terms of the upcoming season. So it'll be interesting. We got a long season, sixty games. I'm optimistic. The fans are optimistic. Our front three look unstoppable. 
there's we can do bits this season. And on that note, I'm going to end this seat. I'm going to end this review of um the podcast. The next time you hear my voice on the pod on this podcast will be after the first game of the season on Sunday when we play West Ham. So um I thank you for listening. This was quite a long one again. So thank you for listening and tune in next time.